All right, recording this April 26th, right after the Nick game. Knicks lose in a tragic, tragic game. Finished off our nine-game winning streak. Uh, Nolan, how you feel, man, right after the Nick game? Immediate reaction. Uh, I mean, immediate reaction. I mean, the Suns are a really good team. They have the second best record in the NBA. So, I mean, is like as much as it sucks losing to them, <coughs> at least you're uh, hanging in there pretty tough with pretty good teams for the stretch of the game. But watching Chris Ball close that out, man, that, that one hurt. I wanted that one really bad. <laughs> yeah, man. And it seemed like the offense really never got clicking 100%, except for the um after the first half. The second half, I, I really felt like we struggled to score uh, Randall had a pretty like he had an okay performance with 18 and six and four not the usual game I feel like if he would have played up to par like he had been playing throughout the win streak uh we would have probably had a way better fighting chance but I can't even hate because what Randall has been doing has been incredible oh yeah man if there's one player that deserves a pass for one game it's definitely Randall on the team yeah, for sure. And then you had your boy Cam Johnson just come and shoot <laughs> those clutch threes, man. After he started off so bad, and I was I was feeling so good about it. I was, I was hating on the guy. And, <laughs> and then he just uh, he got hot, man. Yeah, man. And then uh Bridges, Bridges was playing amazing defense. Like I told we, we was not didn't it. even play a minute. Yeah, man. We was talking <laughs> about it in the last pod on how like Mikel's game has really evolved. And right in front of us, we saw like him locking up RJ. RJ had a rough time this game, uh, only really shooting uh three from nine from three, which is you know, which is okay, but you know, the way he's been shooting the ball would have been really helpful today. Uh also uh Aiton really stepped up his defense in the second half. And uh, Booker, we just couldn't style Booker. Shout out to Bullock and uh, RJ for trying their best, trying to be physical with the guy. But yeah, you can only do so much against a player like that. Like we were saying earlier, I mean, <clears throat> it's always it's always tough seeing a player like that like dominate your team throughout the game. But like, I don't know, it's much more frustrating to me to watch role players like Cam Johnson and Cameron Payne get buckets than, I mean, I expect Booker to put up like twenty five a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. They're a pretty good team. I would love to see how they do in the playoffs. Um, but speaking about the Knicks, like we just finished a nine-game winning streak with uh, uh, Julius Randle just exploding these nine games, putting the whole league, the whole NBA universe on scene to uh, what we're doing this year, uh, putting up 39-6, and six, shooting 45% from three, 46% from the field, and 84% from uh, the f- uh, from the free throw line. Uh, how do you feel about Randall's uh, play uh, throughout this stretch, particularly? Because he's been playing out of his mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Randall can keep up this level of play consistently, like in particular his three-point shooting and his mid-range shooting, he's a top 15 player in the league, in my opinion, if he can keep that up consistently. Yeah. You saw tonight he regressed a little bit. You know, he didn't, like you said, he had an off game, and it, that happens to any player. But, I mean, if he can consistently keep up that level, man, it really changes the whole timeline with RJ and everybody on our team from what I thought it was coming into this year. Yeah, and it was a, there was a story that came out that uh, uh, Randall was on Woj's podcast, and he was pretty much saying on how uh, – Oh, yeah, I listened to that, yeah. Yeah, and how, like, the beginning of last year on how uh, – when they were struggling, you remember that press conference they had? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, around that time, <laughs> around that time, like, Randall was just pissed, and it was before Leon and them took the job, and they had, like, a whole dinner, and Peyton was there. And I think that's why Peyton is playing right now. 
I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I think because Peyton's connected with World Wide West and all of them. Like, he has connections. And that pretty much uh came that that pretty much to me came full circle on like, okay, that's why Peyton has the favoritism. Hopefully he's not here next year. Yeah, but, I, mean, I think that's a big part of it, but it's also like just you can't play D Rose like 40 minutes a game like we've been doing with Randall and Barrett. Is just his body just won't hold up. So I think a lot of it's just throwing uh Peyton out there eat up some minutes in like the least consequential times to do that or at like the beginnings of the first and third quarter probably. So I think that, I mean, that's lately, especially you've seen quickly in D rows closing out games before that it was Burks a lot, but as long as he's not closing out games, it's, he's not, I mean, he's not good, but he's he's not, (laughs) he's not going to cost you a game on most nights. If you play him in spot minutes, you know? Oh, yeah. Now, if you play him as five minutes, he'll be okay. But if you play him like 30 minutes, yeah, he's going to fuck shit up. Like, yeah, you're going yeah, to run into problems then. <laughs> and, and like, uh, Bullock, too. Like, you saw that pass? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was oh, wild. Yeah, man. But uh, RJ's been playing ridiculous throughout this nine-game stretch, putting up 17-4-2, and two, shooting 80% from the free throw line, which he was only shooting like 70% from like his... 50% from three, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 41% from three, actually. And, oh, okay, okay. And it's raised because before the All-Star break, his shooting, uh, his three-point percentage was only 32 and now for the year, it's 38 for the whole year, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, no, he's definitely picked it up a second. I mean, he started off the year really streaky, and it made you think, like, is this going to be like last year where he just gets hot every now and then? But that his jumper and his ability to finish at the rim have been, like, the biggest developments for RJ the past year, I think. Yeah, and um, on the ringer, uh, Kevin O'Connor did a story about uh, he interviewed his uh, shooting coach. And he was saying on how uh, the whole summer they were dissecting the shot on making his elbow come out. And it's just like a whole thing to restructure his shot, even from Duke, you know, because he was shoot- he was a terrible shooter at Duke at 31 yeah. percent. And and everybody, you know, majority college players, if they're going to the league, majority of them, they shoot it good, you know, from the college because it's not as deep. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, even RJ was a terrible shooter from college. And it's, uh, it's incredible, even like a year and a half, two years span on how he's changed his jump shot. And it's uh, and it's I feel like it's going to relieve some of the pressure from uh, going forward, because if he's able to shoot the jump shot, it, we're like one piece away. We're not that far away from, you know, taking that next step as a team. No, yeah, I think we're really close to the team. I mean, I don't know about you, but like with this roster we have this year, like ideally for me if you could just pretty much run this team back with anybody other than Alfred Payton, like, I mean, I'm not saying that's all you need to win, but I think it would definitely close up some, like some big of the big gap between us and like the bucks and us and like the Sixers just having an all-star level point guard come into this team. Yeah, man. And uh, another Knicks player that I want to talk about, I want to shout out, is uh Nerlens, man. Shout out to Nerlens. He's been down. playing unreal on especially I mean on defense particularly, but just in general. He's had such a he's filled like you said, he's filled in for Mitch like as good as anybody could have expected. Yeah, and he's uh putting up three blocks a game, you mm-hmm. know, those highlight like blocks we all love to see on Twitter. And uh he's giving Mitch a run for his money, like on the yeah. like, if I'm Leon Rose, I'm not paying nobody. I'm not paying nobody. I'm bringing y'all both back on a one-year deal, and I'm going to see what's up because no, Noel pretty much gives you everything that Mitch does, and Mitch is going to expect a, a hefty payday. The only thing I think that really separates 
Mitch in Nerlens. The biggest thing is a Nerlens has horrible hands. <laughs> it's it's painful to watch sometimes. Mitch hands is not that good either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're better than fucking Nerlens though. I see him like they throw him up so many lobs that he doesn't come down with so many just passes like bounce passes underneath the basket that and the i feel like mitch does a better job with offensive rebounds and like putbacks just i think he has stronger legs than nerlands which is surprising considering he's so much younger than nerlands but i think that his like strength down there is probably the biggest difference in those two games right now yeah man and it, it's uh from all the turmoil that we have faced, man, as Knicks fans, as diehard <laughs> fans, man, like it's rough, rough. But this stretch has been some of the best basketball I have probably. Oh, been, yeah. yeah, this is probably the best stretch of basketball I have witnessed as a basketball fan. Like that, that mellow season was cool, but I kind of expected because all the veterans, I kind of expected to be decent. Uh-huh. But coming into the season, I had no expectations. I was ready to draft Cade, but <laughs> man. Yeah, no, dude. I mean, that's the one thing that's really special about this year as an expand that you have to kind of appreciate. It's just the expectations that this team had coming into the year to where they are. Like in that 2013 year, like you said, there were veterans on that team. Carmelo was in his prime. You expected them to have a good year. And if anything, you felt like they underachieved at the end of it. Yep. But now it's just you're exceeding this going to this year. If you would have told me we would have had one play in a game, I'd have been ecstatic. The fact that we're have home court in a first round playoff series right now, the season we're in today. That's just mind blowing to me still. Who do you want in the first round, man? If you could pick, who do you want in the first round? <laughs> I mean, oh man. Part of me wants the Celtics if we could get them. Okay, okay. But Tatum scares me. Yeah, Brown I was just saying Tatum me. would beat us, beat us by himself. If you... But their bench is like they have nobody on that on their bench. True, true. And I don't know the way the Knicks play. They're such a deep team. I feel like that definitely wears on a team like that in a seven game series without tougher defenses. And I, I think that is the biggest reason I'd want to see them. What about you? I want Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. I want Atlanta. I think we're just too physical for them. Uh, you know, I've been watching like the post game interviews and saying what they have to say about us, and literally every single team talks about how physical we are, and it's mm-hmm. hard to keep up with us for forty eight minutes because you think about it. We have Randall going downhill twenty four seven. We have RJ going downhill twenty four seven. We got Groves. We got you know we got Taj banging down there. We got Noel blocking everything. You know we are a very <laughs> physical, imposing team. And I, I think Atlanta is just too soft. They're skilled, but I just think they're too soft for the playoff grind. I agree with that, man. I mean, they're a pretty injury-prone team. And just in general, I feel like, like you said, like, I don't know, like you can attack Trey Young on defense. You can go at him all night with RJ and it's just going to be a struggle for him. We didn't have many answers for Trey Young in that last game, but I mean, I, I have more faith in our defense than I do in – Trey Young's offense, I guess. Uh, before we cut off from the Knicks, um, before the game started on Twitter, uh, <clears throat> there was ridiculous rumors about how Knicks fans went DeMar DeRozan on the team. Could we stop this? Could we stop? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely not <laughs> my ideal choice of how I want things to go this offseason. But, I mean, if it comes down to it and they're – 
I don't know what, I don't know exactly what circumstance I'm trying to like justify this in my head now where I'm making it seem like it would be okay to get DeRozan in here, but you just got, you can't have spacing like that. He's just not a good enough shooter. And RJ has been better as a shooter, but he's by no means like a, a three point specialist or anything like that. Yeah. I would be seriously disappointed if we got DeRozan. Like I would be like, well, like, Everything this whole season would be down the drain because, like, it doesn't matter anymore because DeRozan will take 25 shots. He'll take away from RJ's development. He's not like Gordon Haywood where it's like, you know, he's he's cool with being in the background. Like, no, he has to be the lead ball handler. If you look at San Antonio, uh, shout out to San Antonio, they beat the Wizards. Like, <laughs> oh, did they win that game? I saw it in, like, overtime, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, we could transition to the Wizards, actually, because uh, they, lost to the, uh, they lost to the Spurs today, but regardless of the fact that Russell like he averaged a triple double 20 uh he averaged a triple double throughout that eight game win streak they were the second hottest team behind us putting up 21 12 and 12 uh how do you feel about Russ you know this season because I know he's been he hasn't made an all-star uh team this year how do you feel about his season um to be honest with you I really really was hating on Russ <laughs> for the first like half of the season have you always uh hated Russ or no 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 I like I mean I'm not the biggest Russ fan in the world, but I I don't hate him or anything like that. It's just that going into this year, he seemed like he was pretty injured to start off the year. And it was hard for me to tell like how much was him just like losing a step, getting a little worse on offense and just like kind of grinding down from the physical nature. He plays always attacking the rim. It's got to take a toll on your knees and everything. So See him healthy now with Beal, that's more of the team I was expecting coming into this year than we saw for the first half of the year. Most of the times we actually played the Wizards, luckily. But Yeah, I agree 100%. What did you think about the Wizards coming into the year? No, I thought they would be a top four seed, top five seed. I really thought they were going to make some real noise. I really did too, yeah. Yeah, like I I like Thomas Bryant, their center that went down. Uh, I, I like. Russ, I've always been a Russ book fan. I just like how he approaches the game. I like his motor. Oh, yeah. Like, I love his mentality, man. He's just so locked in all the time. And from somebody who played basketball, like high school basketball, and to see this dude average a triple double, like that is physically crazy. Like people oh, don't yeah. understand. Like, I know he must be in an ice bath every night. There is no way he could average a triple double every single game. Like I've, that's still I would tell my children children about that like <laughs> there was a man that averaged a triple double and, and like the most impressive part about it is triple doubles it's it's usually rebounding you know what I mean for a guard that size to go up beating people out for rebounds like that that just it's fun to watch man and then he gets the rebound and goes in transition and he's unstoppable yeah man he's a physical freak even at like 30 plus yeah you want to talk about a team that's a playing team that has a chance to scare some people in the east they could get a they could end up with a pretty favorable matchup if things fall right for him yeah for sure and i feel like russ never didn't get a fair shake from most of most of the fans this year because you remember he hurt his quad in the bubble Mm -hmm. and then when he was when he was about to get healthy to start the year he missed the first few games and then he caught covid and, you know, when you catch COVID, like Tatum would tell you, a lot of these players would tell you, like, they still not re- they still not good. They still right, not they still right, recovering. Yeah. That takes some time for your body, man. Yeah. So I feel like next year, like, 
they're going to be in a better path. Like they're, they're probably going to be in a better path. And uh, Beal during the eight game win streak, averaging 30, 37 from three point land uh, on eight attempts, 45 from the field goal range and 88% from the free throw line, just scorching hot as always, you know, uh, how do you feel about Bradley Beal, his attitude this year and stuff like that? Cause you know, the rumors and all that. Um, I love that Bradley Beal has been not like super like pushing to get out of Washington and been like accepting of his role and his responsibility on that team. Even early on in the year when they were scoring, I think they had like a losing record in games where Bradley Beal scored 40 points for a pretty long time. They still might, honestly. But I love that he wants to be part of the turnaround in Washington and that he wants to be a leader and lead by example and everything like that. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like this eight-game winning streak that he just had just gave him hope. He gave him an extra year. This eight-game winning streak to me, if I'm Bradley Bill and I see the core and I'm like, okay, if we bring back most of the guys and Thomas Bryant comes back, because when Thomas Bryant went down in the beginning of the year, they gave him a big bag. Not a big bag, but, you know, a Mitch type of bag that Mitch would yeah, expect. Right. And, you know, he was he, he started to shoot the three and he's been always been decent at defending the rim and their draft picks are – I forgot his name, uh, Rui, right? That's his name? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. He's he's decent. I, I like him. He's a good yeah, role I mean, player. He's only going to get better as time goes on, too. Bertans, he's he battled COVID, so I'm not I'm ignoring oh, he had it his too? Perc- yeah, I'm ignoring his percentages for the year. People have been throwing tr- like bashing him. Like no, I've yeah. always liked Bertans, man. He's 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 a good player. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like that because he, he had COVID, bro. Like, come on. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> people are complaining about their side effects from their second COVID vaccine shot. And this dude actually had the full-blown virus. Yeah, people are gonna give him a hard time. Yeah, and then uh, when they got a guy named Daniel Gafford from Chicago, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's had he stepped into a starting center role, and he's had kind of like the Nerlens Noel effect. He's athletic. He's a lot threat. He's defending yeah, the rim. Yeah, and I followed him a decent bit. He's a pretty athletic big. It's fu- he's fun to watch. Yeah, and um, as far as the future, the front office, like as long as they don't fuck up and they add a little bit more physical wings, because I feel like defensively, if they could add maybe like a not an Aaron Gordon type, you know, somebody who could be physical on the wing and defend. I think mm-hmm. they're fine next year. Yeah, no, I think they're good. I don't really know what their salary cap situation is. I mean, I know obviously Russ is making a ton of money and Beal can't be cheap, but I don't know who Pretty else much, they really like, have they're on eating their books. Cap. Uh, Bertans is eating cap and – uh yeah, and uh, Thomas Bryant with his new contract. Those are pretty much the four guys that are eating. Yeah, that, so yeah. you should have a decent enough money to get some veterans in there, to help you know role players to help you win games next year too. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, moving on to another team in the East that has uh, slid in outside the play the play in uh, race. Uh, the Chicago Bulls. I don't understand what the Chicago Bulls are doing. They're six and eleven with Vucevic. Gave up uh, three first-round picks, including Wendell, because Wendell never really played with the Bulls. So you you got to include him. He's a developmental piece out of my right. out of my college Duke. I love Duke, so you know I, you got to <laughs> yeah, support yeah. the boys. How you feel? No, about I like uh, Wendell Carter a lot. I liked him coming out of the draft a lot, and um, I mean the Bulls like that trade just didn't make any sense to me at the deadline. That was like the biggest head scratcher to me. It's just because you're mortgaging your future on a player who is a borderline all-star player. And I say borderline because he was, you know, a 
injury replacement into the all-star game. And you just don't have much room to get better from here. Now you traded away so many picks and all these things to try to keep Zach Levine healthy. And now that trade ironically might be the reason he ends up leaving in free agency. Like, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about the bulls after that move? what do you think of that move in the first place? I'm not going to lie. Essentially, like in the beginning, I'm like, okay, I see the vision, right? Because Vucevic game is not going to age, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. So like you have Levine in his prom. Vucevic game is not going to age much. And then maybe Patrick Williams could come along or I don't know. Maybe That's why I saw how they was going to do it. But no, they don't have a good enough team surrounding parts to do that. Like uh, they haven't like Patrick Williams. I wasn't the biggest fan out of him coming out of college. I don't know about you. I thought yeah, Devin yeah, Vassell like was better. Oh, yeah, definitely. I like Vassell way better than that coming into the draft, at least. He was backing him up. Like, yeah, I know. That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, bro, when I remember when Patrick Williams, like his name was like, people were saying that he might be a top five pick and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, and we was in quarantine the whole time. So, like, as a basketball nerd, I'm studying. You're watching a lot of yeah. basketball. Yeah, I'm yeah, watching. Yeah, a lot. yeah, so I'm like, what am I seeing that they're not seeing? Uh-huh. The dude that he's backing up is 10 times better. Oh, that's you see, you see some people, some teams and analysts and scouts go crazy right before the draft. Like, you remember when Hashim the beat went like no, second man. or third overall? Yeah, that was, I don't even know what to say about that. I just remember Dwan Blair tossing him at Pitt <laughs> over his <laughs> shoulder. And I just, oh man, that one. I didn't understand. I mean, he was tall, but he was so scrawny. I feel like, I don't know, maybe Patrick Williams, like his, uh, maybe he was NBA ready in terms of his body. Like he was physically like ready to play in the league, but mm-hmm. uh, his three-point shots still needs developing. Like his mid-range game is okay. Uh, How old is he? Do you know? Bro, he's like 19, 20 years old. Okay, I wasn't sure if he was older than that or not. No, no. Starting over him. No, no, he's only like 19. And that's part of the reason why Chicago uh, took the risk on him because, mm-hmm. you know, he's already yeah, there so, physically. Uh, yeah. But, you know, another pick, uh, how you felt about like their draft? Like uh, they've had, they drafted Colby White, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Lower Marketing, which he needs a change of scenery. I thought they should have traded him by now. I'm, they're ready I'm surprised to- they didn't, yeah. They're ready to trade all their first round picks, but can't trade the people who want who don't want to be there. Yeah, Larry Marketing just, I don't know, he can't play a lick of defense, man. And you're that big and you can't protect the rim and all you're good for is a few buckets on the other end. I mean, it's hard to carve out like a starting role for yourself in the NBA that way. Yeah, man. And then uh, Denzel Valentine, I don't know if you've seen that video. Of him, I like- did. I saw you tweeted that too. <laughs> I w- then I saw it on Sports Center today and I was like, You're lying. No, I swear to God. I can't remember what show it was on. Some show on ESPN. They showed it today and I was just dying. There's like a whole like thread of like, well, Washington, Denzel's like the worst player in the NBA or something <laughs> like that. Like this whole thread they were showing, it was crazy. Yo, I forgot he was even in the league, bro. Like Dude, that's crazy. I, I didn't either until I saw that awful shot he put up. And I thought he would be decent coming out of Michigan State. No, I really did too, man. I love Michigan State as like a program. That's like, like the end. That's that's like how I would want pit basketball to be. Like you know what I mean? Like that's a program like I would like try to emulate in that they're like. A tough-minded team. They have great like success, but they don't have a ton of one-and-done players. It's like a realistic comparison for Pitt, and it's I don't know, man. I don't know what happened to him. 
I really don't. The Bulls. The Bulls happening. <laughs> yeah, that didn't help them at all. I'll tell you and, that. And another guy, Chris Dunn, which is just done. Goddamn. I don't know what happened to him. And his he's guy. on Atlanta, right? Yeah, is he? Yeah, I think he's on Atlanta, like not playing at all. He's been hurt all year. He's yeah. average. He only averaged like eight minutes a game before <laughs> that. But man, and it coming him coming out the draft. Because his defensive and like his defensive ability and him being able maybe one day have a a good offensive game. His that was it. Yeah. yeah, he just can't shoot, man. Yeah, and then uh, the ringleader of all this, uh, Billy Donovan. I have never been a big <laughs> fan of Billy Donovan. I wasn't either. I mean, he's a good college coach. You know, I think he won two titles at Florida, but before that, I mean, other than that, like he hasn't really shown anything in the NBA. He was a disappointment in OKC. He's still a disappointment now like i i don't see how that dude still has a job honestly yeah man and then the bulls fans are, are pissed off at him he's not playing colby way you know colby way has been he's pretty much getting the kevin knox treatment I, I, i've heard oh really yeah <laughs> and they just drafted him <laughs> last year which is i was gonna say crazy. yeah because like i remember him having that one game against the knicks he hit like seven threes or something like that and they got Tony uh, Sanaraski starting at point guard and- oh yeah no some of the bulls fans really love that dude though but it's kind of like, you know, it's more of like he's on our team and we love him. It's not like. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's like our fans with Frank kind of. <laughs> and, it, and it sucks, right? Because if you're a Bulls fan, right, you traded for Vucevic to hopefully get into the playoff picture. But now you're two games out of the play in because the Wizards hot, hot streak, right? Yeah, they lost to the Magic with Wendell Carter and everybody right after that trade. Like That's horrible. I had to go back in League Pass and watch that game. Yo, he was yeah, giving I watched the, the I watched like the condensed version of that. But yeah, Wendell went off that game. It was funny as hell. Yeah, yeah. And um, if you're the owner, what do you do with the GM? Because I I believe this is his first year, his first full year, right? I think he took he took reigns this past summer, right? If I'm wrong. That sounds right. I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, because he fired Jim Bolin. I wasn't his coach. So I believe mm-hmm. this is him. This this fresh start is him. And he came out the gate gambling, gambling. And he hasn't been winning. I don't know. How, <laughs> how, do you what do you do? Do you fire Billy Donovan? What do you do if if you are uh, the owner? I mean, personally, I probably fire Billy Donovan just because I don't know what else you do. I mean, I I'm not a fan of Billy Donovan to begin with, like we said earlier. And if you can't make that change and like hope to see some change in direction from your team, like it's harder to replace your president and your GM and blame them than it is to blame a coach. If you blame your, if you switch your coach out and then he's not able, like that doesn't get a result. Then you go to those people. But I think you have to start at the coach level and then work up to there. What do you think? Uh, looking at their cap space, they're not really spending money. The most, mm-hmm. uh, the person they're paying the most is Vucevic, and then Levine. Is he on a contract year too? Uh, Vucevic, I believe he has one more year left. Oh, okay, okay. Which is a player option, so you you know he's gonna take that, right? And then uh, Levine, he's getting paid seventeen million. He's due for an extension. So, mm-hmm. those are the only two. And then they have people on minimum deals like Thaddeus Young and and then rookie deals. Yeah, so, I like Thaddeus Young a lot. So, like, they're gonna have money to improve the team, kind of like what Atlanta did. Mm-hmm. But I don't trust their front office because their front office has literally has hasn't done anything well since what <laughs> Derrick Rose like really yeah. 
I mean, uh, yeah, they're like you said, there's in a tough spot, man. I don't even know. I mean, you can who wants to really come to that team? Yeah, right now yeah. is the bigger thing. Like you can throw people some money like the Knicks did last year and like overpay some players to come and fill in roles, but really that's just like icing around the edges of things. Like you're not really like fixing the core problems with that team. I predict, I predict that they will, they will throw their hat in the, and the DeMar DeRozan sweepstakes. I hope so, man. Shit, (laughs) (laughs) man. They're going to try to do something. Um, moving on, uh, Steph Curry, man. We got to talk about Steph Curry. The last 12 games, averaging averaging 38 points, six assists, four rebounds. The best, statistically the best stretch of basketball he has played. And, like, he's been tearing up the league. How you feel about uh, Steph Curry's play, man? I love Steph Curry so much. <laughs> like, yeah. That is, like, my like, every 2K player I've ever made in my life is basically Steph Curry. <laughs> Just an undersized short dude going up there jacking up threes. Oh, I love it. I mean, he's just incredible. I mean, I can't remember what the stat was. They were showing the amount of games NBA players had where they scored at least 10 threes. And he had like at least 20 something. And then the second most, the second player with the second most 10 point, 10 three point games was, uh, Clay Thompson with like four. And I was like, the two top most people are on the same team. Like, that's so ridiculous. I can't wait till Clay comes back next year. I think they're going to be right back in the uh, playoff picture. What about, what do you think about their, what do you think they're going to look like next year? Well, next year, man, if Clay could come back 70, 80% of what he was, mm-hmm. watch out, man, because they still have assets. You got to think, you know, they, have, they still have Minnesota's pick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they still have Minnesota's pick. They still have Wiseman who they could deal. Draymond Green, if you watch their games, he is still a defensive player, caliber player. He still oh, defends yeah. the best player. He's, He's a good still, passer. Still, still. And uh, the only thing that's really falling off is his jump shot, which is yeah. – but it is it's never been great, but I mean, yeah, it's not getting any better. Which you think like the older you get, the more you'd rely on things like your jump shot, and he'd work on that a lot more. Not saying that he doesn't work on it, but I mean, it's it's been disappointing to see him shoot worse than he probably has throughout his career. And I, like Steph Curry is probably my favorite player that's not in the Knicks jersey. I love Steph Curry. Same here, man. Yeah, and everything about those Warriors runs and everything, I loved every second. Every I did second. too. <laughs> I really did, man. Curry's one of my favorite players. Like. It's a lot of my friends hate on Curry for some weird. I just don't understand the Curry. Yeah, mine's game. too. Yeah, I really it. don't get it. Like he's just like a good dude. He, you know, he never like did anything wild. He's not like he's arrogant. But I mean, I'd be arrogant too if I was like the best three point shooter in league history. <laughs> yeah, the supreme confidence that he had, man. Is you need ridiculous. that confidence if you're gonna shoot it like him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was watching uh, Undisputed with Skip and Shannon, and then uh, they were talking about Steph Curry ranking and. Uh, uh, Skip said that number one, he said that Carl Malone is better than Steph Curry, David Robinson is better than Steph Curry. He said Jerry West, Jerry West. <laughs> I mean, shit. And then, I, I'm a Jerry West defender, like, <laughs> like all the time in arguments with my friends. And like, that doesn't like, no, no, he's not. Like, I love Jerry West, but no. And then he said Bill Walton, Bruh. Bill Walton, dude, Bruh. Like, get out of here, Skip Bayless. I don't. <laughs> 
Oh man, I'm so glad that dude's not on ESPN anymore, and I don't like listen to him any, much anymore. He's just so irritating. That was so disrespectful on so many levels. Like you really said, Bill Warren is better than Steph Curry. <laughs> Yo, like I don't like I, I don't I died. Like I was in tears, full blown tears when Dude. I heard that. I was like, no way, this man literally like he's on TV getting paid to say this stuff. And Wild it, shit. Yo. yo. <laughs> Like, I'd be with him. I'd be with him with, like, you know, the hard and stuff. Like, the moments, like, he, he has points. Like in Yeah, some and sometimes he has good points. I'm not, like I said, he's, like, doesn't know what he's talking about. But all the LeBron-loving and just, like, stuff like that just irritates you so much sometimes. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Um, What do you have him ranked all the time? Like, Curry? Yeah. Point guards. Like, first we say point guards. Like, what do you have him ranked? That's tough because, like, not that he isn't a good passer because he's like a real. I mean, he's a super, He's a really good passer, but just the way that he's an offensive first guard like makes him hard to rank in terms of point guard. But I mean, I can't think of ten point guards I would take above him or anything. Yeah, not for sure. I think the only point guard that I would think about taking him is probably magic right yeah yeah if you're not magic i'm not really like i can't persuade me on that argument best three-point shooter two-time mvp like it's ridiculous only unanimous mvp in nba history the warriors are going to be scary hopefully clay comes back healthy and we get to see because that's the good thing about clay's game is that like he runs around a lot and like he goes fights over screens and stuff but he's not like a player that creates his own shot he's much more of like a catch and shoot player so at least he won't have to rely on his athleticism a ton and uh, also wiggins you know wiggins has been playing that three and d style he's had a few big games shout out to everybody that said kerr's not a good coach because he's getting the most out of a player like wiggins right now when you didn't see that from wiggins any other year in the league so far Oh yeah, Kerr. Now Kerr is a top five coach. Like he has a uh, Rand, he, Damian Lee playing well. He has a uh, Juan Toscato playing well. He has a uh, anybody that's there ends up playing well. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it's it's the system, man. It's uh, it's oh, it's something I've always wanted in New York to, mm-hmm. and, uh, that we have now. And yeah, it's like, we have a it's a different system. It's Tibbs' system of you know defense first and attacking the rim but i mean it's still a system and you can see the results of that system being in place and how every player has their role where a player like reggie bullock can come out and play a undersized version of clay thompson role for this team you know what i mean where he can just d up perimeter players and shoot the open threes and he has them yeah exactly exactly um another player who has been uh lighting it up uh these past eight games is paul george uh paul george has been putting up 32 7 and 5 shooting 44 percent from three 91 percent from the free throw line and uh 50 50 from the field and uh pretty much is killing it and uh some of those games Kawhi hasn't been playing so he's been leading the squad uh, it looks like the clippers have been uh, gearing up for the second half uh for the playoffs and i feel like you know, with the Lakers having their problems and AD just came back, uh, I believe yesterday or today. I don't I don't know. Did he come back today? He came back either a game or two ago. And he's played at least one or two already. Yeah, but, you know, with the Lakers uh, getting ready to come back. Uh, the Clippers, this is their year to me. Like, 
this is their year to win it. If, if they don't win it this year, it's going to be hard for them. We spoke about them on last podcast on how Kawhi, mm-hmm. you know, Kawhi, he will have a wandering eye if they get out the first round or something like that. But this is their best year. And I feel like maybe with Serge Ibaka coming back and Rondo, if Paul George could able to keep his play in the playoffs, which has been always been a question mark, I, this is, yeah. to me, it's their, it, they're my pick, honestly. Yeah, no, I love Clippers. I've loved that team since they came together. I mean, um, if Paul George can keep up his little play, like, I mean, even when he was in OKC a few years ago, he was, what, like, third in MVP voting that year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he's just – I mean, not that he's as good as Kawhi, but he's a top ten player in the league. And, I mean, watching him and Kawhi together – has been fun, but watching him lately like, kind of take the lead role away from Kawhi because Kawhi's been out and injured and stuff. I think that's when Kawhi thrives best is when he's not asked to do too much. When he's like, like when he's in Toronto and he's with the Spurs, he had a good team around him and he just dominated his matchup. But when you ask him to be the like the focal point of your offense, like before they got Rondo, they were running a lot of their offense through him. And he didn't like that. It didn't really work out well with that, with them doing that. And I just think that he's going to be better off if Paul George kind of runs more of the offense himself. What do you think about the Clippers? Do you think you said they're your favorite pick? Probably in the West, yes. Uh, I had I really liked that Denver team, but with the Jamal Murray injury. Yeah, man, that sucks. I hate to see that. Yeah. The Lakers, they know the Lakers are going to be in the conversation always, but I'm a little hesitant because we don't know how their how their situation is going to be with injuries and how they're coming back. And the West is as loaded as it always is. Um, what other team? The Suns. We just saw how good they are, but I don't think they're good enough. Sadly, no, I don't either. I don't think they're good enough to make it to the Western Conference Finals or anything like that. Yeah, so if they're able, if the Clippers are able to survive a, a battle with a, a weekend, a week-ish Lakers team with, with them not coming back, not having that, you know, Kamari. That's the biggest question for sure if they match up in the playoffs before the finals. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It, it is. Uh, yeah. And uh, just one more thing before before we go. Uh, the net, uh, Harden, there was uh, news a few days ago that Harden, that he probably won't be back until the first round. He remember when he pulled his hamstring, but yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He still hasn't played, and uh, I didn't realize it was gonna be that long. I thought he'd be back at least a little bit before the playoffs. That's wild. Ah, and no, and uh, the you know Milwaukee is looking looking great. Uh, Philly, they're they're always gonna be looking great. Uh, do you think with that, you think that's gonna affect them at all? They're they're just gonna sweep everybody. Do you think? I- Really don't know. I almost brought this up earlier, but I didn't want to bring up the Nets without like being asked <laughs> about the Nets. Um, they they haven't been healthy all year, and they still have the number one seed in the East. Like it's it's hard for me to see them getting hardened back and not being the favorite in that conference. Like Embiid's gonna give them problems. Giannis will give them problems, but I don't think we've ever seen that much offensive talent on one team in the NBA. What do you think about the Nets? 
if I was a betting man, I would not bet against the Nets, but I would not be surprised if they lost just because maybe, oh, right. yeah, because they got put together. They're like, giving you every reason to doubt them, yeah, but the yeah. talent's just so crazy. And they came together, you know, in the beginning of the year. They didn't have that like, training camp. They didn't have all that stuff together. And I feel like it's just a team on the fly. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really see them as a cohesive unit. Like I, they're a team on, they're just a talented team. And I feel like when when they get into wars with Philly and Milwaukee, and how the addition of Drew Holiday and how Embiid is taking his game to the next level, and hopefully he gets to show that in the playoffs, it I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, teams like Philly, specifically in Milwaukee, too, to some extent, have like, just been together for so long, and they've been in so many of those like playoff battles together that when times like come down to it, is Brooklyn going to just rely on isolation basketball, or is Harden going to be able to be like good enough of a playmaker to keep everybody involved in that team? I think that's really the question of how far they go in the playoffs. I feel like they was really going to try to use uh, LaMarcus Aldridge in the playoff run, and he went down with that uh, career-ending uh, heart injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, regular heartbeats or whatever that was. I don't know how DeAndre Jordan is going to hold up in the playoffs. Uh, Blake Griffin is going to be he's going to he's going to play spot minutes. I really like their center, uh, Nick Claxton, his ability to be able to switch on guards and forwards. Yeah, and no, he's someone that really switch. surprised me when they traded Jared Allen. I was like, man, you're not going to have anybody at center behind DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan's way too old to be playing, you know, like 35 minutes game or something. But that Cla- Claxton's really showed up and. I mean, you got to give Brooklyn credit. They traded for Harden and quote unquote gutted their team, but they still have so many good players on that team, like role players, like whether it's, um, shoot, what's their shooting guard's name? Uh, Bruce Brown? Or no, maybe small, whoever was in the three point contest. Oh, Joe Harris. Joe Harris, that's it. Yeah. I mean, he's great watching players like Claxton develop. You really got to give their your credit to Brooklyn for keeping their, you know, keeping quality players around their stars too. Shout out to Steve Nash. He's he's coached great. Like out of all this chaos, he's you know as you said, oh yeah, propelled them to the first seed. He's done a better job than people thought. You know, people thought he was just going to be a puppet. You know, Kyrie's comments with the we don't we don't need a coach and <laughs> all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's done a great job and. uh yeah, I mean, as good as you can expect, given like all the roster like fluctuation they've had, the injuries, everything like that. I mean, Kerr's just been consistent. I'm mean, not Kerr, uh, Nash. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, that's all we got to talk about, and uh, we catch you guys uh probably probably next week or towards the end of this week. Sounds good to me, man. Good talking to you. Yeah.